Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is Kathleen, and um, hey, just thanks so much for joining me today on a topic that I am just excited to share with you about. It's one I've wanted to talk about for a while, and I want to jump in and and um, do that. But before I do that, I want to just say a special thanks to some of the people that helped make this podcast possible, the Browns, the Elders, the Caraways, uh, goodness, I just really appreciate all those that help, and the Johnsons, these people help keep this podcast available free for anybody, and I just have to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and on behalf of all the listeners, we've got almost 7,000 downloads now, so I'm pretty excited about that, just how the message is going out now in over 30 different countries. But today we're going to talk about investing in your marriage. And you might say, well, Kathleen, I'm not married. Okay, I get that. Uh, There's a time in my life that I wasn't married either. And even the word marriage was a little bit hard to say uh, because of my heartache after losing my lay husband. But you're going to run into people And maybe some of what you're hearing today will help you, or it might help you in the future if God moves you into a marriage relationship. But the title of what I want to talk about is investing in your marriage. How do we do that in this day and age? We live in such a hectic society. And um, goodness, I know a friend that whose marriage fell apart not too long ago. But one of the things she said, she said, you know, really when we were dating, a lot of what we did was by text message. And it made my heart sad for her because there's just something we miss in that human connection and sharing really heart to heart and face to face and investing in a marriage. You know, if we want an investment in the natural, if we want a retirement, there's stuff we have to put into it to get to that day when we can reap the benefit of our hard work. And I feel like it's that same way in marriage. And I do have a little bit of experience, so just a little bit of history. Um, I married my late husband when I was 19. So we basically grew up together. He was, he was, um, he was 22 when we got married. I had to stop and think about that. He was 22 when we got married. And we were married for 30 years and um, had three kids together. And then I was widowed at age 49 when he died of a very rare cancer. We went through some tough stuff in our marriage. um, And by the grace of God, we 
came out and we came out stronger. We came out better people. We really dealt with our own individual issues and quit, quit looking at each, what each other had done wrong or right. We began to look at ourselves and deal with our own hearts. And it really set a good foundation for our marriage. In the last 15 years of our relationship, um, yeah, 15, 17, were really good years. And there was really um, a sweetness there and something that we reaped going through the hard times and doing the work. And so how can we invest in our marriage? That is what we want to talk about. After Joe and I went through that adversity um, we ended up ministering to a number of couples and we actually were involved in a ministry for five years teaching marriage classes. So that's one basis I have. Fast forward to uh, remarrying at age 52 to Stephen Ramby. And so two totally different men. We've been married now um, over nine years. One of the things that I discovered um, is dealing with two very different men who came from two very different backgrounds. The Bible says as wives, and I want to jump in by reading a scripture here um, in Ephesians 5.22. And I'm reading it from the Phillips version. I just like this version. And it says, you wives must learn to adapt yourselves to your husband. As you submit yourself to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, and in the same way, Christ is the head of the church and the body. And that word adapt really stuck out to me. Um, you know, one of the things I realized when I married Stephen was I could not put the same grid on Stephen as I had in my relationship with with Joe, I had to study Stephen. I had to learn about him and I had to learn how to be his wife. And so one of my constant prayers, even now is Lord, help me to be the wife that my husband needs. Help me to be the wife that he needs. Help me to continue to invest in our relationship. And somebody has to do it. And let me just say, if you're in a relationship right now and it's difficult and you're like, yeah, but, you know, my husband ought to do his part. Well, that is true. But let me just tell you, as somebody that has been married almost 40 years of my life, <laughs> uh, sometimes that somebody has to start with us. And sometimes you may have to give 150% in your relationship versus just, okay, I'm giving you know, I'm, I'm going to give what I've got and he needs to pick up the rest. I think when we have that attitude, we set ourselves up for failure. And, um, you know, my mom always said, told me something. And I remember her telling me this when I was a young married, you know, woman. She said, Kathleen, if you're not working on your marriage, you're working against it. And that stuck with me. It made me really think, am I working on it or am I working against it? Am I working on it or am I working against it? It's like, it's either hot or it's cold. It's either black or it's white. And it really made me look on a, a regular basis at what was I doing to try to improve this relationship? Because when you're in a marriage, you're in a covenant relationship. And that covenant 
is, is an oath you make with somebody. It's not like a contract. A contract says, if you do this, I'll do that. A marriage covenant, those vows say, till death do us part. That means I'm, I'm committed to you. I made, Stephen and I made our vows before God, before our family and friends. And in that time, we were both two adults making choices and making a covenant with God and looking to God to help us in that time. So when I talk about investing and adapting, let me just give you an example. Um, Joe was in accounting and then he became an investment banker. And so he wore a suit, a tie. Um, I was a gymnastics coach when we first got married and really half of our marriage, I, well, more than half of our marriage, I did that. So he, um, those, we, we were in some pretty diverse occupations as well as raising our kids and, and doing our stuff at church and all that. <clears throat> but one of the things, you know, just in looking at their lifestyle, Joe led a very, you know, he was pretty much up and out the door at eight o'clock and, you know, home by five, pretty much. We had social functions we had to, you know, get dressed up and go to because bankers just have to do that kind of stuff. That was kind of our life. Joe was more of a homebody. He um, liked being at home. He liked doing little projects at home. And that was our life in a very quick nutshell. When I mar married Stephen, um, Stephen is a self-made man. He's got several businesses that he runs. Um, he wears blue jeans all the time, cowboy hat. I call him my cowboy. He is, um, you know, he enjoys, very hardworking man, but he enjoys playing as hard as he works. So we are often hunting or fishing or, you know, we are doing something. We've got, you know, friends, um, his friends from his past and my friends from, you know, my previous life and and we have loved blending that together. And I love his, his friends and the people I've gotten to know in the Valley area. And I think he would say the same for people in Kerrville. But investing in your relationship and giving, let me just describe my life. From September 1st, uh, one, of the, one of the businesses Stephen has is a hunting business. It's a dove hunting business and we live in Texas. And so from September 1st, when dove hunting starts, it's like, life on steroids uh, pretty much because he's running two businesses and also our weekends are very hectic and I help him. I get, uh, we have hunters that come in and, and we have lodging for them and meals and things like that. So I coordinate a lot of that. But, um, you know, in my life when we first married, I was in the corporate world. And so I would trade my heels and my dresses and my, you know, pearls my corporate world outfits for snake boots, guns, jeans, and camouflage. And um, I would trade my purse for a bird bag. I have learned to hunt. I have learned to adapt and learn new things in order to spend time with my husband. And so our weekends, for him to do his job, he goes around from different dove fields. We, we um, lease different fields around our community. 
and he basically rides around just making sure everything's good everybody's doing what they're supposed to and and all so in order to see him I ride around in a pickup truck um, pretty much on Saturday and um, you know Fridays and Saturdays and some of Sundays we get Sunday part of Sunday off but I ride around in the truck and I take my computer a lot of times I might work on what I'm going to be talking about for the next thing or a newspaper article or a lesson that I'm teaching but I have had to learn to adapt you know from one lifestyle to another and I have loved the adventure of learning new things and trying to figure out this man that I have I am married to so there's change that that happens and I think it's worked well for us it gives us time together it helps me to see his world um, he gets a little bit more of a glimpse of mine because I'm doing a lot of my work in the truck and I get out and I visit or I hunt or whatever depending upon um, what's at hand but I want to say good marriages don't just happen they take work and so I want to encourage you as women to find something you and your husband can do together um, Joe and I were raising kids our life was at the basketball game the tennis tournament you know the cheerleading whatever my daughter was doing the soccer field um, golf tournaments those are some of the things our kids did and so a lot of our life was like that Stephen and I married late in life later in life and so we had to find things that we enjoyed doing together and we both had to learn learned different things and try different things versus just okay well this is the way I've always done it this is the way I'm gonna gonna do it and um, you know again that that my mom said if you're not working on your marriage you're working against it so I want to encourage you to be intentional intentional and looking for ways you can invest in relationship with your husband yes there's date night you need time where you can spend time just the two of you I am very I guard try very hard to guard time for Stephen and I have time together just the two of us because we do live just a pretty busy life we've got five kids between us and eight grandkids so life can get very crazy by the time we combine our work I'm speaking at different places um, but by the time we combine our work our grandkids our family those things that are important and then you know just having times for us so some of the times that we have had alone together have been some of the things I've had to adapt to and that might be on a, a fishing boat where we're bass fishing and he loves to bass fish I'm learning and but that's time we can spend talking and visiting and so I want to encourage you to find something you and your husband can do together and invest in just time with each other it doesn't just happen spending quality time with your mate is very important to keep your relationship alive and I think it's just vital that when you're married you take time for just us to invest in the us and um, you know that that scripture in Ephesians I think is is just a really really good scripture for us to do how can we adapt um, you know it's important I think again to study the person you're married to you know learn what makes them feel loved we have 
you know, Joe and Stephen were two different personalities. And so there's an adjustment there that I've had to make. Um, you know, men need to, to feel respected. And, and that's something that's very important to a man. So as a wife, I want to encourage you, you know, Lord, how can I, how can I make my husband feel respected? How can I let him know that I may not always agree with him, but I do respect him. And as women, we need to feel, we like to feel loved and cherished. Um, so that's a different, different thing. So if you're a man, know that the woman in your life, there's a, the way God created us is to respond to love. And as you treat that woman as a gift from God, as almost like a crystal vase, something you cherish, I promise that woman will... I promise as you do that, it's going to reap a big investment in your marriage. You know, the word adapt means make something suitable for a new use or new purpose. To modify, to become adjusted to new conditions. And that's what happens when we go from being single to being married. We have to adjust to new conditions. We have to modify the our selfish behavior, our um, thinking about just me. And we have to look at what is best for the us because that's where we're going to be able to reap from the investment. And so I want to encourage you to, you know, to invest. Ask God, how are some ways I can invest? How can I adapt to this guy and his personality and what he likes? How can I do that? Um, you know, back to one of the things, ways that, how can we respect our husband? I think one of, one of the, I think little ways, I think it just starts with practical little ways. But one of the things that I try to do is when my husband's talking, I try to look at him, look at his, look at him in the eyes when he's talking and to let him know that I'm listening to you. I value what you're saying and just really look in each other's eyes. So that's one, one of the ways. And when we're talking, when he's with a group of friends, you know, giving him attention and when he's talking, you know, looking, looking at him. But another way is whenever I'm on the phone and he comes in the door, I am quick to get off the phone when he comes in from work because I want him to know that he's more important than anyone else in my life. And I feel that honors him and it makes him feel respected as a man. Um, if I know it's around, you know, he, he works some long hours. And so I generally know he generally calls me on his way home. And if I'm on the phone talking with somebody, whether it's ministering or just chatting with a friend, I usually let them know, okay, you know, Stephen's going to be home in, in 10 minutes. So I have 10 minutes to visit. I try to let them know in advance that I'm going to end this call 
you know, when he walks in the door. And pretty much I, I really try hard to do that. There are times when I've been in the ministry and somebody's in crisis and I just can't. But he's learned that look in my eye when he walks in and, you know, I just give him a signal. But I think that that's a way, you know, that we as wives can respect our husbands. Let them know they're more important than anybody in your world. You know, the message version of Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, understand and support your husband in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to the church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. There's that word. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leaderships, wives should also submit to their husbands. Now, I know that word submit might just rub you a little bit raw in um, our culture here in the U.S. at least. But let me just be very quick to say, submitting is not being a doormat. That does not mean that we let a man walk all over us. I think it is very important as a wife that we give our husbands our input on matters, that God has given us as women wisdom. And I think it's very important that we submit that to him. You know, come together in making decisions, but we submit our ideas to him. We submit, I don't feel real good about this. You know, there's been different things that in the business world, you know, I might not know a whole lot about what Stephen's doing, but he'll be telling me, you know, or downloading about his day. And, you know, there have been times I'm like, something's not adding up here. I'm, something's not adding up. I'm going to pray for God to reveal truth. I may not know all the details, but in my spirit, I feel like something is not right. And I remember one time having an employee and I, Stephen was telling me things and he, and I was like, do you really trust this guy? He goes, yeah, I think he's a pretty good guy. I was like, something is not adding up. I'm going to pray for God to reveal truth. And it was not very long after that, that my husband called me and he said, hey, that prayer about God revealing truth, I need you to stop because I'm finding out so much stuff that's going on. This guy had been, been actually stealing from us and had some other employees doing that. And it was important that I submitted what I was feeling. Now, I didn't go down to his office. I didn't try to straighten it out like that. But submitting our ideas, praying for our husbands, God will show us things. And those are in ways you can invest because marriage is a partnership, like I said, as well as a covenant. And, you know, there are times that I may not agree with my husband. I mean, I'm a pretty strong woman. Um and he's a pretty strong man. And here we came, you know, and got married in our 50s. So you take two people that are pretty set in their ways. But, you know, there can be sometimes some conflict between us. And one of my favorite prayers when we don't agree on something is, God, change my heart or his. That sets you up. That's a way to invest in your marriage when you're not in agreement. Because... Either if my heart needs to be changed, then it needs to be changed. If his heart needs to be changed, really God is going to do a lot better job of changing his heart than I am. He just is. Trust me, I've, I've tried to change a man. It does not work. You get a whole lot further with prayer. But when we pray, God changed my heart or his, it puts us in a win-win situation. And sometimes I've seen God change my heart and sometimes 
I've seen my husband do an about face. I've seen God work in his heart to change him. And, um, you know, I just want to say too, I don't know how many of my listeners are men and women. I think more of them are women. But if there's some men here, I just want to encourage you again to cherish your wife and make her feel loved. Because a woman who feels loved and cherished will move mountains for her husband. Another building block that I have found in investing in marriage is praying together. Prayer is one of the best things two people can do because you're coming together for a common cause. And I'm not talking about long amounts of time. I'm talking about a few minutes each day, if possible, to pray together because there's a synergy. It says in Deuteronomy, one can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand to flight. And what that means is one, you have a capacity to do just one little thing. The when two of you come together, it's like 10 times. It's exponential. So when we come together to pray, it's a time too that when my husband prays, I can see some of the things that are important on, on his heart and vice versa. He can see what's important and on my heart. Maybe sometimes in the busyness of life, um, we don't have time to talk about every little detail in our life. But when we pray, usually what comes out is what is on our heart or what we have coming up. And so what that looks like in our day and age, um, you know, sometimes Joe and I would, we might pray together, um, you know, in the mornings. Uh, sometimes it was on the phone. It, it looked different. For Stephen and I, when we first married, we actually lived in two different towns or about, I was, I was working in one town, he was in another and I, my job took me on the road. And, uh, so we learned to pray together on the phone and just in the morning as we would touch base and check on each other. Um, and we still, even though we're together a whole lot more, we'll pray you know, pray either together before he walks out the door or sometimes, you know, he's like, I got to get to work. I'll call you. And then we pray when he's driving and sometimes I'm driving or, or, um, just there at the house. So it doesn't have to be long and complicated. You just have to start, just have to start. You know, it can be a two minute prayer, but come together. Let me just encourage you. Cause that's a, that's a way that helps you build your marriage and you know it takes time learning these things but start somewhere ask your husband hey can we just pray about the kids you know um hey can we pray about um you know just your issue at work or whatever just start with start with a little bit that would be my encouragement hey can we take one minute to pray and i just think that's real important and that you you come together in that way. I remember one time Joe and I, uh, my late husband, uh, we weren't getting along very well, but we we had started and begun, and we were committed to praying together. And for us, sometimes that was just holding hands and both of us silently praying, you know, for a minute um, for our relationship for whatever was going on. So start somewhere, start somewhere. 
And I just want to say that, you know, another important component, and this would be a whole nother lesson, and maybe I'll talk about this too in, in marriage, but is forgiveness. Um, be quick to forgive. You don't have time to harder bitterness and resentment, and that will cause more strife and more uh, walls in a marriage than anything I've ever seen. Keep short accounts. When my husband hurts my feelings, when he doesn't do, you know, something that um, maybe I want or I feel left out or whatever, it is important that I take time, take that to God. I, I am responsible for me. And I'll say that healthier individuals produce healthier marriages and start somewhere. And so forgiveness is such a huge component in a marriage. And I just want to encourage you, go back and listen to my podcast. Uh, there's the power of forgiveness, part one and part two. And I'm going to be teaching on forgiveness again um, in this next month. So catch those because forgiving your spouse is very important to break down any walls that have come between you. You know, strong marriages don't just happen, but strong marriages build strong families and strong families build strong communities. And so I just want to ask you, you know, will you join me in investing in your relationship with your spouse? And it takes time, but it's just like when we are investing for retirement and we're putting away that $20 or we're or that little bit of money, um, you know, for for retirement, it's that investment's going to continue to build and accrue interest and help us. So let me just encourage you: invest in your relationship with your spouse. It will be worth it, and it has to start with somebody. And you know, Scripture also tells us as wives that our husbands can be won over by our behavior. And that's in, I believe it's in 1 Peter, maybe 3, not exactly sure. But um, it does tell us that our husband's behavior can be won over as we as women are um, reflecting, re reflecting who Jesus is for us. So, hey, I want to bless you and bless your marriage um, so let me just close this with prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your great love for us. Lord, that you set the example of how much you love us by dying on the cross. And so, Father, help us to invest in our marriages and look at the us versus the I or the me. Lord, help us to do that as wives. Help us to adapt to the, the men that you've given us and help men to cherish their wives. Lord, help our husbands to see our need for love and to feel that, that feel cherished. So Lord, I just bless each listener. I bless their home to prosper. I bless their marriage to prosper. God, give us the blueprint for our husbands. Give husbands a blueprint for us. Lord, help us to invest. And I pray for just, Lord, just a rich return as we learn to pray together, as we are quick to forgive, as we are quick to adapt 
Um, Lord, help us to just be a reflection of who you are and who you've called us to be. Bless our kids. Bless our grandkids. Lord, let us be a living example, Lord, of what it is it looks like to love well. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks again for listening. I just really, really appreciate you. And um, hey, you might want to share this with a friend that you know that's struggling with their marriage. Don't forget to like the podcast because that also helps. You can push that little, I think it's a little heart. Um, That is always helpful. So have a great week and we'll visit next week again.